I love this series and all that we've been learning about how to really tune in and hear God's voice. And uh, in week one, we talked about really how do we prepare our hearts to hear God's voice and get ourselves in a posture to hear it. Week two was the, was the message called Whispers. We talked about how God is whispering to us. How many of that was a good, helpful message for you to hear how God is speaking to you? You can tune in and hear God whisper your voice. Today is part three, and we're looking at how do we know what we're hearing is from God. The title of today's message is, God, is that you? Because oftentimes when we hear voices, come on, how many hear voices? Raise your hand. Yeah, nobody wants to raise their hand on that. <laughs> we all hear voices. I know nobody wants to be the weird one, but we all hear voices. And oftentimes you're wondering, is the voice that I'm hearing God or is it Satan, or is it me, or is it La Rumba? Like, which one is it? I'm trying to figure out which one is it that, that I'm hearing. And so today, I hopefully am going to give you a filter that's going to help you go through whatever you're listening to, whatever you're hearing, whatever decisions you've got to make, that you can better make those decisions by passing them through this filter that's going to help you understand if it's God or not. But before we do that, let's pray because we really need God in this moment to help and to speak more than me. So Father, I, I love you. God, we thank you for everything that's happened up to this point, the opportunity we have just to be in your presence. We don't take that for granted. And so God, I pray right now that you would give us um, revelation and illumination to your word uh, so that it can have application to our hearts. That's our greatest prayer is that we become more and more like Jesus. And so Lord, help us today as we dive into your word and uh, Lord be with us and God we pray for the Golden State Warriors to win tonight in Jesus name and everybody said I prayed last week and they won just want to let you know so <clears throat> but they are against King LeBron so let's do this all right let's go to John chapter 10 John chapter 10 is our theme verse we're going to do it one more time for good measure we're looking at this idea of God speaking to us it says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep everybody help me with these green letters the sheep listen to his voice. They listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now look at the next verse. It says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So this is telling us that there are multiple voices that are always speaking to us. There's God's voice, and then there's kind of these strangers' voices. And I, I want to give you just some resources because I feel like one of the things I always want to do as a pastor is resource you with great things. And so I want to share with you two books, okay? If, you want to, if you're a reader or you like reading or you want to study more on how to hear God, let me give you these two books. First one is Whisper by Bill Hybels, um, which is a lot of what I talked about in week two. And then the second one is a book actually called Frequency, where we kind of got the title for this series, and it's by uh, Pastor Robert Morris. These two books are phenomenal books when it comes to how to hear God's voice. If you want to learn more, you want to study this more, go read these two. Now, I want to share a verse with you, though, when it comes to us um, testing the voices that we hear and making sure that they are God and what they are. And that's found in 1 John. In 1 John chapter 4, this is what it says. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but what does it say? To test the spirits, meaning that there's multiple spirits and there's multiple spirits talking to you and to me. And we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to test those spirits, to see whether they are from God. 
meaning that there are some spirits and some things that we're hearing that are not from God. We need to make sure that what we're hearing is from God, which reminds me of a story of a guy who was um, going on his way to work, and uh, his time from his house to his work was just his time he really spent with God, and he was always praying on his way to work. And in that season of life that he was in, he was on a diet, and he was really trying to lose weight. He was working out more than ever before, and and trying to really shed pounds. And so he's on his way to work and he's, he's praying and just really just having just kind of honest conversations with the Lord. And he says, God, I just really want a donut. I just really, how many know sometimes those are honest prayers right there? I just really want a donut. Um, and, and so he says, God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put you to the test. If this is you, when I pass by the donut shop, if the light is on, I'm going to know it's you. And then I need to go and get a donut. And how many know after the third time he passed around that building, the light finally came on and he felt like it was the Lord telling him he needed, he needed a donut. I mean, sometimes that's how we treat God. Like, God, if you just, if, if he looks at me, that's my man. Okay. We just throw, throwing fleeces out. Okay. This is what we do. So how do we test and know if this is God or not? So let me give you the four. I'm going to give you four of them. You can track with me here. And uh, here's the first one. Does it line up with the Bible? Very first question we've got to ask as soon as we hear something, is that God? Is that not God? Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Here's, here's, if you want to write just a little side note, God's voice will never contradict his word. God's voice will never contradict his word. It reminds me of a story of a guy who, who was unfaithful to his wife and the pastor sat down with him and he says, man, why are you doing this? God does not like this. And the guy says, no, God is perfectly fine. God told me it was okay for me to have a side girlfriend. He says, what are you talking about? He said, God's word. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, no, he took that context a little bit, a little bit out. That's not how it's called. And oftentimes when, when it comes to hearing God's voice, we need to make sure that it lines up with what God's word has to say. And so let me show you what this verse says in Hebrews. Hebrews tells us this is about God's word and how God's word works in our life. Hebrews chapter four says this. Can we throw that verse up? There we go. For the word of God is, everybody help me with these two words. It is a, alive and active. God's word is alive and it's active. It's always moving. It's always speaking. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges. Now watch what God's word judges. It judges our what? Our thoughts. So the things that we hear, it judges those things, things that we're thinking and our what? How many of you hate it when the Bible judges your attitudes? Um, it judges our thoughts and judges our attitudes of the heart. This is what God's word does for us. And so we've, we've got to bring anything that we're hearing to God's word. And so my, uh, my grandmother is an avid professional piano player. She's a pianist. She's played um, as a worship leader with a lot of churches for a lot of years. And so she's, she's always had pianos in her homes, sometimes upwards to two pianos in her homes. Um, and she's always tried to teach us how to play pianos. And one of the things about a, 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 a real professional piano player is they are very avid about making sure that their piano is in tune. Because there's nothing worse than trying to play it and it out of tune. Now, some of y'all, when y'all play, it sounds out of tune when it's actually in tune. Um, but for her, she was, it's, she, when her, her keys start sticking or they start sounding off, this is what she'll do. She'll, she'll call a professional to actually come in that is a professional piano tuner to come in. And, and the piano tuner doesn't just sit and hit the C key and just listen he actually has a device 
that's called a piano standard that he actually matches up to it. And so he'll play the C key, and then he'll play the standard. And he'll play the C, and he'll play the standard. And if the, this C key on the piano is not right, he doesn't change the standard to adapt to the piano. He changes the piano to adapt to the standard. And how many know that God's word needs to be the standard of our lives? How many know if God's word is not the standard of your life, you know what is the standard? You. And how many know you change? How many of you would say over the last five years, you've changed your mind about a couple things? Like you've changed your mind about certain issues. Okay. Last year, you've changed your mind. Last month, you've changed your mind. Last week. Okay. Yes. We've changed. So here's the question. Really, it doesn't matter what we think in the, in the end, does it? I mean, it matters more about what he thinks. He's the standard. How many know God's word has never changed? It has always been the case. And so we want to go with what God's word has to say, which is why we want to preach God's word more than anything. I want you to hear God's word more than hear my words. Because how many know my opinion doesn't matter? It's what the Bible has to say, and God's word is what matters. So when we hear something, first thing is, does it line up with the Bible? Does the Bible have anything to say about this? If it does, we want to hear what the Bible says. Number two is, will it make me more like Christ? So the decision that I'm about to make or this, this what I'm processing through, I've got, to, I've got to ask, will this make me more like Christ? Look what Philippians chapter 2 says. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, in our lives... You must think and act like Christ Jesus. In our lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Now, let me just put a real quick pause here before I go forward. Because if you, if you have not given your heart to the Lord, and you are not saved, and you don't really have a relationship with God, this verse doesn't apply to you yet. Um, you, you shouldn't try to act and think like Jesus if you don't know Jesus yet. This is after salvation, okay? Because oftentimes churches will tell you, you'll hear churches say, well, you need to think and act like Jesus, and you need to clean yourself up, but how many of you know you're, you can't do that? You can mess things up, but you can't clean yourself up. And so if, you, if you're in here and you're still trying to figure out if this God thing is for you, then this really doesn't apply to you. The first thing for you is just to give your life to the Lord. Because how many of you know when you get to the Lord, he'll clean you up? That's what he does. He's really good at that. And so, but if you are saved, you have given your life, if you are a follower of Jesus, then now the mission of our life is now to look more and more like Jesus. So we give our hearts to the Lord, and now it's, I want to begin to start thinking, I want to start acting more and more like Jesus. And so we want to help you, by the way, do that. So when you, when you think these thoughts, you hear these voices, does it line up with God's word? Does it make me more like Jesus? Here's number three, ready? This is big. Does my spiritual family confirm it? Does my spiritual family confirm it? This is huge here. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this. The way of a fool seems what? Seems what? Seems right to them. But the wise listen to what? Listen to advice. Now, this is the reason why all of us in here, if, if you're like me, uh, back in the day, I used to really like to watch American Idol. I only liked to watch American Idols during the tryout time. I didn't like it really the rest of the time. Because how many know tryouts is the funnest time to watch, right? Because you have everybody and their mama get up in front of these judges and feels like they can sing. And so they'll just belt it out. And it will be terrible. And of course, you'll have Simon look at them and go, who told you you could sing? 
And they'd be like, well, my mama said I was the best singer ever. And then he's like, your mama's wrong. Like, <laughs> right? Like, everybody, everybody, my friends tell me I can sing well. My mama tell me I can sing well. And he's like, well, they are lying to you because you can't sing. Finally, he had to, they had to get some people in their life that actually would finally tell them the truth. And so how many know the same is also with us? We need people in our lives that won't just tell us what we want to hear. We need some people in our lives that will tell us what we need to hear. And this is what this verse says. A fool, there's, it seems right, but the wise, they listen to advice. Let me show you what the next, the next verse says this. Watch Proverbs 24, verse 6. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Victory in your life is won through many advisors. And I'll put it this way. I guarantee you the areas in your life right now that you are just killing it in, you're doing great in, maybe it's in your job or maybe it's in your finances or maybe it's in your marriage or wherever, and you're just doing great, you're succeeding in. I guarantee you a lot of that probably was because you had people in your life that helped you get better in that. But think about it on the opposite. The areas of your life right now that you're struggling in, and it might be finances, or it might be marriage, or it might be parenting, or it just might be in some soul issues in your life, or addictions, or areas that you're just really, really having a hard time with. I can probably almost guarantee you also those areas are areas that you don't have someone helping you in. Now, I have been so enjoying the NBA playoffs. I love basketball. I love playing it. I love watching it. And my boys have been adamant about watching it with me, which has been fun because they used to all be young and could care less. But now we are in. We are totally in. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I shared a little bit of this in our midweek Devo this past week, which by the way, if you are on Facebook, uh, go look up our Savior's Church Jennings, and you can follow us at 8 a.m. every Wednesday. Um, I'll share a devotional and uh, I shared a little bit this, this Wednesday of this, just something I've really been processing through, and that is if you go and you watch, really honestly, any professional sport, but I've been watching a lot of basketball lately, and you look at guys that are absolutely amazing, like LeBron James, who's phenomenal, or, uh, or uh, Steph Curry, or if you like LeBron, I don't know if you can be here though. Um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. He's amazing. Um, he, he um, I mean, we can go down the list. You think of a, of a Drew Brees. Um, you think of these phenomenal athletes just all around us. These guys are phenomenal. But can I tell you, none of them got phenomenal without a phenomenal coach. They all had incredible coaches in their life. They had a Steve Kerr or a Ty Lue or they had a, uh, a, um, a Peyton, Coach Peyton. They, they've had people in their lives, even probably from junior high to high school to collegiate to now to professional sports, they've had coaches in their life that have helped them become the men and the women that they are. And I thought about this. If you think about this just for a minute, in every area of our life that really matters, we invite help. Think about it. Like in your finances, if you want to get really good in your finances, you'll go sit down with a financial planner that'll help you. Think about in, in, in your physical body. If you want to lose weight or gain muscle or do whatever, you'll get you know, a physical trainer or a coach that will train you in that area. If you, want to, if you want to get off of drugs or addictions, you'll go sit down in an AA meeting or with other people that have been there and that can really help you process through that. And so in every area of our life, really, we understand this idea of needing coaching, but it's crazy that when it comes to our spiritual walk, 
we feel like we can do it on our own. But how many know that's not the truth? We also need coaches and pastors and leaders in our lives that can help us get better in our walk with the Lord, which is why it's so important for us to not only go to church, but allow the church to be a part of our lives. Because let me tell you, there's a difference between having a pastor and being pastored. There's a difference between having a leader in your life and being led. There's a difference between having a coach and being coached. Two totally different things. It's easy to go, um, I have a pastor. It's a whole other thing to let the pastor actually speak into your life. And that was honestly, if I'm just being very transparent with you, um, I, Pastor Bubba and I have had, a, have had a journey with one another because previously in other churches, I've had pastors who have hurt me in a really bad way, and I got burned. And so when I came to this church 18 years ago, I mean, I was still young, but I had had not only daddy hurts with my dad, but I had men in my life that supposedly were supposed to be my spiritual really pastors in my life that had hurt me, that had done just stupid stuff. And so I, I didn't allow Pastor Bubba really to speak into my life for a, many, many years because here's, here's my, my mentality is I don't want to get hurt again. But I'm going to tell you what I learned. I can either stay hurt the rest of my life or I can finally open up my life to allow someone who can really help me. Are y'all, y'all with me here? And it's a totally different thing. People will go to church and but it's a totally different thing when you allow it to be the church. And, and this is so important for us. This is, watch what Hebrews says. Hebrews says it this way. It says, uh, Hebrews 13, 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Now watch, because they, this is their role. And this is, honestly, this is a scary verse for me. Because this is actually my role for here as a church because we keep watch over you. And now watch this. As those who are gonna give an account, Meaning like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand before God one day and give an account to God how I pastored this church. Like that's scary as heck for me. I want to make sure that I do it well. I want to make sure that I honor God. But you know, this verse also speaks about what your role is as the church. So my job is to watch over Pastor Bubba, our life group leaders, our leaders in our church, is to help pastor you, lead you, guide you, watch over you. But, th- but you do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for, what, for that would be of no benefit to you. So I, I, I just wrote this down. We need people who know us and know us. We need people in our lives who know us and know us. So let's talk about the first one, know us meaning that you have people in your life that know you well, that know how you are, how you're doing, what you're going through. The bill, here's, here's, here's how you know if they know you. You walk into church and they go, hey man, how you doing? You go, man, I'm good. And they're like, shut up, you're not good. You're not good. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. They can look at you. How many know you have a spouse that can do that? Anybody have a spouse that can do that? Anybody have a best friend that can do that? They can pick up the phone and you just call them and they'll be like, you don't sound good. What's, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? What's, what's happening? Pastor Bubba will do that to me all the time. He'll come by my office. He'll knock on my door. What's up, man of God? That's what he does. What's up, man of God? You doing all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he'll walk away. And then five seconds later, he'll come back and be like, are you really good? And I'll be like, okay, let me tell you what's going on. Because he knows. He knows me well enough now when I'm lying. 
Because how many know church is like, it's like all-time Halloween. Everybody comes in and puts on masks, right? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Really, let me ask your wife, how are (laughs) y'all? Because oftentimes there's areas we're not good, and we need people that will know us, that know who we really are. But then we also need people that will know us, where when we're about to make a stupid decision or, or we're about to say something stupid, they look at you and go, don't do, don't do that. Don't say, don't say that. Don't do that. And it's, it's good to have that in our lives. I'm going to tell you, I am a better pastor, father, and husband because I have men in my life that do those two things. They know me, and they'll also look at me and go, no, don't do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's hard. When you've been hurt by people, it's hard to reopen up your heart to do that. But, but when you get around people who love you. So here's the question that I pose to myself is, okay, well, what do these people look like? And how do I get these people in my life? So what is a godly, wise advisor, counselor, what does he look like? Ready? They are people who know God, they know his word, and they know you. That's how you know if you got somebody in your life that is going to be wise, godly counsel, is they know God, they know his word, and they know you, okay? So when I say like, okay, you need to make sure that people confirm it, I'm not saying go on Facebook and be like, what do y'all think about this? Don't ask them. They don't know. They don't ask them. Don't ask your crazy cousin. Don't ask him, all right? You need to, you need to get around people who know God, love God, they love God's word, and they love you, all right? So this is huge. I'm going to tell you this is huge. This is very, very huge. Number four, let me give you the fourth thing, is this. Do I have God's peace? So when you hear a voice, you got to make a decision. Okay, does it line up with God's word? Okay, maybe, yes. Does it, does it um, make me more like Christ? Yes. Does spiritual family confirm it? Yes. But then you got to come to this fourth one, and that is, do I have peace? Do I have peace? So let me give you a for example of how this, how this played out. I remember, and I've shared this a couple of times, but when, when we had to make a decision, Lindsay and I had, had to make the decision with Joel's care, our youngest son, who's had some medical history, and we had to decide. There was a, a lot of decision we had to make in a really short time. It was like we had a, we had a, a doctor that was abusing um, his privileges and wasn't doing things that he shouldn't do. And so we're trying to figure out if we need to go to a different hospital, if we need to go to a different doctor. Then they were saying, okay, you need to decide between these two meds. This med is gonna probably make his, could possibly have his liver not do well. Then this med could, could affect his blood sugar. Okay, you decide. And then, oh, by the way, and then he may need a lung transplant. You need to decide that too. And so if I go through this filter process, okay, so does it line up with God's word? Well, I believe God's, God's word speaks to these situations, but there wasn't really a verse that was like, yes, he needs to do that. No, he doesn't. There wasn't, there wasn't a verse for that. So then I go to the second thing and, okay, does it make me more like Christ? Okay, I think we're trying to honor God in this moment. I, I, I don't know if it necessarily applies to do I give him care or not. I think I'm trying to love my kid through this, so we're going to work through that. Number three, um, does spiritual family confirm it? Um, does wise counsel. So we started asking, I asked a bunch of people who had gone through medical situations, what's your thoughts on this? We, we met with three or four other doctors and we got counsel there a little bit. But can I tell you at the end of the day, it was like this, especially when it came to the lung transplant, it was green light, green light, green light. And then it came to this last one. Do I have peace? And it was red light. It came to that one. And I was like, ah, 
Everything else says yes, 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 yes. And I come to this one, and Lindsay and I would always look at each other, and she'd be like, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's what we should do. And I'm going to tell you, there will be decisions that you're going to have to make probably in life where you'll get green light, green light, green light, and you'll get to this. And can I tell you what that is? See, the great thing is as believers, we have the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so the Holy Spirit will often go, and you'll just feel uneasy about it. Now, sometimes you feel uneasy just because you're, you're scared and you're fearful and you need to get over that. But how many know peace, peace is different? Oftentimes when we think of peace, we think that everything in our life is smooth sailing. But how many know Jesus had peace and the waters were crazy? So peace is not something you get from the outside. Peace is what God gives you from the inside. So your ability to look at a very scary situation and go, I feel at peace with this. And it could be a really scary situation. And so I, I'm, I'm just telling you to, to trust this. And here's why. Because this is what scripture says. That God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace. But of peace. God is a, is, is, a, is a God of peace. Not confusion. Look what the next verse says. Watch the next verse says this. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rule in your hearts. This word rule is like an umpire. It calls out, calls safe. It says, let the peace of Christ call safe or call get out in our lives. We need to let Christ rule in our hearts. So those are the four. Those are the four. Does it line up with God's word? Does, uh, does it make me more like Christ? Does it, the spiritual family and those around me, do they confirm it? You know, you're hanging out with some guy, you're like, oh, I love him. And, and people around you are like, no. Okay, don't. And it's amazing how many people say, you don't know what you're talking about. And they know way more than you think they do. And then do I just have peace about this? So those are the four. I want to transition, though, the last part of this message with what I, what I want to close out this whole series with. And that is that this, the title of this series was called Frequency. Frequency really has a double meaning. So we've been using frequency in the terminology that we have the ability to tune in to hear God, that we want to tune into his frequency, that the frequency is always speaking. We want to listen. But you know that frequency also means often. So here's what I want to close this whole series with is, how do we have frequency frequently? How do we hear God every day? How do we tune in to what God is trying to say to us all the time? So let me give you three, and then we're done. Three things on how we take this series and we hear God every day. Because how many know my, my job as your pastor is to help you hear God? I want to help you hear God. That you can hear him tomorrow at work or wherever you're going to be, that you can hear him. Here's your first one is you got to tune into God every day. You've got to tune in to God every single day. John 10 verse 4 says when he gets them out, he leads them and they follow. Now watch this. I love this. Because they are what? They are familiar with his voice. They are familiar with his voice. Now listen, if my wife, if my wife called you and you don't know my wife and my wife called you and she said, hey, you, you, you would go, who is this? Who? who who, who, hey, who, who's, who's calling me? Are you spam? Are you, are you trying to sell me something? You, you would try to figure out who that is. If, if my wife calls me and she says, hey, come on, how many of you know, like, 
What's up, baby? Hey, what's you? I only need three letters. Okay, that's it. I just need three letters, and I know immediately who's on the phone. Okay? Why? Because I am familiar with her voice. I, and, and, and how do you get familiar with someone's voice? Time. You just talk to them all the time. You just, you just talk to them. You spend time with them all the time. The more and more I spend time, the, the, the more and more I can learn to understand his voice. So let me, let me wrap up this series with what I think we're asking and then what I think we should be asking. See, the question I think we, we ask is, how do I know if this is God? But the real question we should be asking is, how well do I know God? How well do I know God? Because how many know the more familiar you are with God, the more you'll know his voice? So we want to get to know God more. Know God, know God. Not just know about him, but we want to get to know him more and more and more. And so I want to show you in this scripture in Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Think about that. Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a small prophet. That doesn't mean he was like small. He was just a minor prophet. He's got a small book in the Bible. And one of the reasons I always want to share these small books in the Bible, by the way, is because I don't want you to get to heaven one day and Habakkuk come up to you and be like, hey, bro, did you like my book? And you'd be like, who are you? <laughs> like, I know Paul. I know Peter. Who's Habakkuk? So anyways, just want to let you know he's in the Bible. So I just want to help you out here. Habakkuk, though, um, <clears throat> in chapter one, ask God six questions. So you can go read it yourself. He's asking God all these questions. Just thinking these questions, he's asking God all these questions. Chapter two, God responds to him. God speaks to him. And this is, this is what happens. And this is how Habakkuk gets to a place where he can really hear God and tune God in. And I want to show you. We're going to show you the template and we're going to be done. I will climb up. This is what Habakkuk says. I'm going to climb up in my watchtower and I'm going to wait to see what the Lord will say. This is huge. If you want to underline that word, see, I'm going to see. we see what the Lord says. And then the Lord gave me this answer. Write down, you can highlight or circle that one, what I reveal to you so that you can read it at a glance. You can read it at a glance. So let me give you four things real quick. I know there's a lot of, a lot of numbers here, but I'm a list man. Uh, I love list. If I made a list of my favorite things, list would be at the top of it. Um, I just love list. And so, <clears throat> so let me show you four ways that you can really learn to spend time with God so you can hear him. Number one is withdrawal. One of the things that Habakkuk did is he says, I'm going to go up to the watchtower. I'm just going to get away. Let me put another phrase by it. If you want to just put another phrase by it, set an appointment. Set an appointment. Everything that is in your life that matters, you set an appointment for. Guarantee it. Got to go to the dentist? Set an appointment. Need a haircut? Set an appointment. Going to take your wife on a hot date? Set an appointment. You always set an appointment for what matters to you. Church, set an appointment. What is an appointment? It's a time, it's a date, it's a place. It's a time, it's a date, it's a place. You, you have a connection, a time and a date and a place. So here's the question. What is your appointment with God? Let me say this. If you don't set an appointment with God, you'll never spend time with God. Because here's what I know. Listen to me very closely. Everybody else is going to set your appointments for you. Your kids will set your appointments for you. Your boss will set your appointments for you. Your spouse will set your appointments for you. Everybody else will determine your day if you don't determine it for yourself. So you got to withdraw. You got to have a place. You got to have a time. For me, it's in, in the mornings. For you, it could be at lunch. It could be on your drive somewhere. It could be at night. I don't 
I don't know, and it really honestly doesn't matter. It just matters that you do it. You gotta withdraw. Number two, you gotta wait. You gotta wait. Now, this one's really, really hard. How many of you really, really struggle with patience? Anybody in here struggle with, how many, how many of you also struggle with silence? Anybody struggle with silence? Some of, you, some of you really enjoy it. Some of you just can't stand it. Silence is such a huge thing. And so God is calling us to learn to wait. We wait on the Lord. Psalm 62, I wait on the Lord in silence for you to speak. This is what, we see this with Jesus. Jesus was always withdrawing, spending some time waiting on what God has to say to him. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, you can never have a good relationship in a hurry. Great relationships take time and they take you slowing down. So if you want a good relationship with God, you want to hear God's voice, you've got to slow down. Put some brakes on. Number three, word. You've got to get the word. Habakkuk said, I'm going to see what God has to say. Now let me just tell you, God is always speaking to you, and the way he's always speaking to you is through his word. He's always using his word to speak to you constantly. He's always speaking. He's always speaking through his word. So let me, let me give you just a, a side note is Maybe stop listening for his voice and start, start looking for a word. Start looking for a verse. Don't listen for the voice. Listen, look, look for a verse. Because God will often give you a verse that will attach to what you're going through. Now, he'll speak to you too, but man, you need to look for a verse. For us, when we were going through the stuff with Joel, with Joel, it was Psalm 62. Psalm 62 is what we kept quoting over him, speaking over him. It was Psalms 118, verse 17. Joel will not die, but he will live and declare the works of the Lord. We were speaking a word over him. You need to find a word for what you're going through right now. And last but not least is right, 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 right. If you want to really begin to hear God's voice, you need to withdraw, you need to wait, you need to get in his word, but then you need to just start writing. I read the Bible out of an actual paper Bible just because it, I got to get rid of technology distractions. And my Bible that I have is a journaling Bible. And um, I'm always highlighting and writing and circling. That's why a lot of these scriptures have like different colors because those are words that just pop out to me. And so I'm always circling them. And then I'm always on the side just writing things. And as God is speaking, I'm just writing. And as I'm reading, I'm just writing. And th that's why, by the way, we actually give you notes. Every time you walk in here is because if you want to grow, you need to write. And the more you write, here's, here's what's cool. When you write it, you read it. And when you write it, not only you read it, you say it and you learn it better. And so if you want to learn more scripture, you write it. Then you read it and you say it. You write it and you read it. I'm going to tell you, this, this, this is just how this works. And, and, and God told him, listen, whatever I tell you, write it down. Write it down so that you can come back to it, all right? So we gotta tune into God every day. Number two, let me give you, you gotta tune out things that oppose God. I think I can be forthright and say this. Your life is too loud. And your life is probably too busy. I, I, I don't really probably even have to know you that much to probably know that. We live loud, we live busy. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to be comfortable with silence. And you've got to be comfortable with waiting. So here's the, here's the question that I, that I was posing to myself this week. What are the things that are too loud in my life that I need to tune out or turn off? So social media is, is probably about to get cut. 
for me, at least for a little while. It's just been feeling like, God, I just, there's just a lot of loud voices in my life right now. And I don't know about y'all, I just, I just wanna hear God more than ever right now. I need him more than ever right now. So we need to tune out those things that oppose God. And by the way, the, tuning these things out, it's not that they're bad. It's just they're too loud. They're not bad, they're just too loud. So we need to tune in, we need to tune out. And let me give you uh, this next one is we need to tune, I mean, uh, take steps. We need to take steps towards what God's spoken. So let me wrap up this whole series with this one last kind of final statement. Why would God speak to you if you won't obey what he tells you? The only reason that God will speak to you more often is because when he says it, you're going to do it. He says it, you're going to do it. So this week, my wife has been away on vacation with her dad. Uh, her dad took her away and she deserves it. So I said, baby, go. Um, and so I've been home with my boys this week. I love my wife. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. She's a hero. <clears throat> So yesterday, or, or Friday, it's my day off, and it's kind of a Sabbath for, for my family, and so it's family day, and I said, all right, boys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bless your mama. We're going to clean this house. We're going to do the laundry. What? Wait. You're going to do the laundry. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you how to do laundry so when your mom gets back, you can say, mama, I got that. I'm going to show you. We're going to pick up all this stuff. And we're going to start, and, and when I go into clean mode, it's not good. I'm OCD. I was cleaning out closets, drawers. I mean, I was pulling everything out. The boys were like, seriously, daddy? I'm like, yes, we're getting, we're getting, we're cleaning. So I pulled out a couple drawers that were in our living room that just have stuff. Anybody got the stuff drawer, like the junk drawer? It's just like everything, 7,000 Legos and everything, everything else that they don't need and all the McDonald's toys and all that stuff. So I got it and I dumped it onto the living room floor. I said, I'm gonna go hang up all these clothes. You guys clean up the living room. This is your stuff. This is your arena. Clean it up. I'll be back. It's about 10 minutes later. I was, you know, putting, putting clothes and doing different stuff. I come back and they're throwing balls and playing and all that stuff. I'm like, guys, clean. Any parent feel my pain on this one? Okay. Clean up the living room. I go back, I'm folding clothes, folding towels. I come back five minutes later. They're still wrestling with each other and all this stuff. Same junk still there. I think one thing had been put in a trash bag. I think that was it. I'm like, guys, clean up the living room. Judah's like, dad, I'm so hungry. I want lunch. Okay, we're going to eat lunch after you clean up the living room. Okay, go back. I'm upstairs now changing trash, you know, doing bathrooms. Come down. This is no lie. I think I've said it at least 10 times. Let's clean up the living room. Finally, I had to realize that I had to go in and bring some like daddy direction. Throw that away. Put that there. Throw that there. Get that. I had to, I had to help them a little bit in that area. And then they wanted to go swim. And I said, we are not swimming until you clean up the living room. I think that's what God does with us. I think God will look at us and we go, God, man, I just, where are we going next? What do you want to do next? And he goes, go forgive that person. Okay, God, I'll, I'll, but let's, let's move on. Let's go. And God goes, go and forgive that person. 
No, God, but I just, you know, I want to move on with you. I want to go do great. Okay, listen, go forgive the person. And after you do that, then we'll talk. Or it might be, hey, give your life to Jesus. Surrender it all. Just give it up. Give it all. I don't know what he's saying, but I guarantee you, Jesus will be on repeat until you do it. And then, this is what he does, then he gets silent until you do it. God will not speak more until we're willing to obey what he previously said.